Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You'll also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Nalini Krishnan is someone I've known for about a decade now through the platform of the Grace Hopper Celebration for Women in Technology. She's been a strong champion for women in tech and has taken on several different roles in her career of over two decades in IT. We started this conversation with a retrospective and it stayed around the areas of personal learning challenges and growth and managing technical debt and bringing one's authentic self when dealing with customer relationships. The conversation also had to include Nalini's message for women looking to take up IT as a career. So listen on. Hi Nalini, I've been waiting and looking forward to this conversation with you. A very warm welcome to the Software People Stories. How are you doing today? Doing good, Chitra. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure interacting with you and I'm very thrilled today. And like I said earlier, I'm feeling like a celebrity. So thank you so much for the opportunity. We hope to make celebrities of all our guests, which I believe they are in their own right. So Nalini, how would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Okay, let me try this. I'm rediscovering myself every day thanks to COVID. So this will be like a brand new introduction that I'm doing for you guys. I'd like to call myself, um, of course, a software professional in the industry for over 20 years. But right now, I'm also feeling a bit like a confused child, right? With the whole pandemic and the way my life's turned over in the last couple of months, I am trying to step out of stereotypes. So trying to blend in the heart and the head, which I think were very two different personalities within me. So I'm trying to merge the split personalities that I have professionally and personally. Professionally, uh, like I said, IT professional with about 20 years of experience, done a wide variety of things at my work from starting from Microsoft certified developer to moving to ERP space, retail, moving to quality assurance and now heading competency management for a uh, practice uh, within the organization I work for. Uh, It's been a roller coaster ride and I'm quite an extrovert at work and completely introvert personally. At home, I like to be left to myself, maybe reading, pondering. I have a whole world within my head, which I kind of overthink and overanalyze. Few things that I'm very passionate about, of course, is uh, women in technology, um, women in leadership. And I think that's where Chitra, you and me met. Yeah, that's, that's a bit of my introduction. Taking off from there, how did your journey of this very multifaceted career begin. Why did you choose to do software? How did you get into this whole industry? The choice of software, Chitra, was was really not a choice. If I uh, were to be honest with myself, I actually started off with the ambition of becoming a doctor, uh, a cardiologist specifically, 
uh, that's been my uh, dream career in in school and uh, i mean with my, all my interest in biology and stuff like that um i think engineering was more of my parents dream and you know as luck would have it with all the uh, ranking and the options i had way back um in a small town in hubli from where i uh, come from it was not much of a choice but yeah i took it up i did well i graduated and i was i think one of the few people the first uh, six people who got campus recruited through my college in way back in engineering in that six i was the only girl was quite thrilled to get a job before i graduated and the posting was in pune and uh, my parents actually very reluctantly agreed to send me because that was a condition i had put back then i wanted to do my medicine and medical and i didn't get it in my hometown and the whole thing was that once i graduate i want to go outside of my hometown and work for a few years and you know see the whole world out there so um engineering kind of became my um my uh, gateway through which i uh, lived that dream once i started my first job right so that's when i actually got a hang of technology i was quite clueless about the power of technology when i actually did my engineering because i was still figuring out how to put all this uh, theory into practice i think when i joined my first job in pune and i learned technologies and i kind of learned how that weaved into the whole business uh, then it became a very fascinating world and then uh, i think my entire uh, technology journey has uh, actually been about constantly upskilling myself and trying out new areas where i tend to see such challenges i think i have a pattern across my career in terms of finding areas with a few challenges getting into that and kind of streamlining them and then again moving out so that's that's how i would like to describe my technology journey chitra there's a whole bunch of challenges out there and a lot of questions coming to my mind so if you were to do a mini retrospective of your challenging moments what were some of those and what were some of your key takeaways from those i think in retrospect everything feels you know simple and uh, the pieces of the puzzle all fall together right so it's it's uh, easy to do that but it's also fun because a couple of things i think i would have uh, are big learnings which i would probably try and do differently one is i think again technology we tend to i think hold ourselves back with respect to the hunger and the thirst we have about learning we tend to limit ourselves to certain comfort zones saying you know this is the trend let me just learn this much and i can kind of continue in this role or in this technology for the next 3 years 5 years i have been quite ambitious and putting myself outside my comfort zone but looking back i think i could have done a little bit more been a little bit more curious and hungry perhaps and taken a little bit more uh, risks which which would have worked out the other thing i think is the whole office dynamics right i'm i'm not using the word politics because that probably has a bit of a negative connotation navigating through your career building your network and just working with different kinds of people working with your biases their biases not taking things personally it's it, it's been an amazing learning i think i'm more comfortable with that now than i was earlier and the reason i probably grew a little slowly in that aspect is again because of my own stereotypes and biases and the pressure to kind of fit in i think now i'm wiser 
where I care less, less apologetic, and that's kind of helping me uh, with a lot of interpersonal relations, whether it's personal or professional. So I think these two areas, interestingly, in retrospect, I think a lot of learnings. Very nicely put, Nalini. In fact, I want to take you back a little more in your timeline to a point where, you know, you talked about holding ourselves back, probably not being as curious as we can be, and also the tendency to follow a trend. While building solutions or developing software, what did you notice yourself doing? And what would you now tell yourself if you were to be developing those same solutions? The easy and the typical thing that we tend to do, Chitra, is again, uh, come with a baggage of how it has been done in the past or how others are doing it. So I still see that trend. Uh, when we are building solutions, we try to uh, oversimplify the problem. We try to get a uh, single track on what we are trying to solve and a very logical way to solve it. and. By doing that, I feel that we leave out a lot of nuances which are very critical for a solution to not just solve the immediate problem, but to be relevant from a longer term perspective. So I think now um, what I try to do differently is again take a step back and question the problem itself, right? Because I think problems also come camouflaged and disguised as um, things that probably are not relevant or we are targeting the wrong thing. So it's essential, I think, to look at it from a uh, value and a longer term relevance perspective. If I were to talk in terms of technology and building a technological solution, I think we need to be very cognizant of um, how this will span out for the user, who our end user is today, and will that change tomorrow? And what is the value this problem solving is adding for that user, right? Because uh, what I've seen in uh, most of the um, design meetings in earlier projects and currently also is, Sometimes the problem itself is uh, non-existent if you approach the end-to-end -end, um, user story or the user cycle. The problem itself is an outcome of something that was designed badly. And what you're actually doing by solving the problem technologically is adding to the technical debt. So I think taking a step back is very important and asking, um, you know, figuring out the bigger picture because before you start fixing a specific problem is very important in technology, especially today because the way technology is changing, things are getting relevant, relevant and irrelevant by the day. And things that sustain are really very basic things that you're building a, uh, a solution for. So simple things which are uh, sustainable, which will still have meaning, and still things that don't have to be built from scratch tomorrow uh, are things that we need to keep in mind uh, while designing or building anything is what I feel. That's a very interesting perspective, Nalini. Thanks. Maybe due to the rate of change of technology and some of the mindset that we do bring to work, there is always this growing tech debt. Have you done something around this to see how tech debt can be potentially addressed or managed. I'm not saying that, you know, it needs to be drastically reduced. Are there things that you've done to 
manage it better yeah i think one one clear indicator of a technical debt is when you try and do a comparison of the technology you are on with respect to uh, similar technologies out there in the market and if you can come up with a with a migration plan of you know 6 to 8 weeks i would say you don't have much technical debt in in case you feel that you know this is this is going to be a 5 year migration then i think that's a clear indication that you've complicated the processes you've complicated the technical landscape you are not using the right software for the right purpose you are not optimally using your infrastructure processes everything so i think every now and then uh, again in the software industry it's no longer a choice you've got to put self learning and upgrading your skill out on your calendar as a you know weekly activity if not daily and you've got to see what else is out there because from an enterprise uh, software perspective chitra i've i've kind of seen or been through the journey of seeing systems built from scratch in a you know in a, a c or a fortran or a unix and then now we have systems that are that that are practically called no code software right so you have platforms and uh, platforms where you can build apps platforms where you can build uh, web services uh, leverage what is already there and just integrate and um, fit in your business flow so uh, i think every now and then compare the processes the technology footprint as well as the time it takes for your business to actually translate a particular workflow into revenue these three things will give you a clear indicator of how much of technical debt you have and i think some very hard decisions need to be made if you figure out that you have huge technical debt because um, there's only so much that you can complicate uh, the technology landscape i think earlier what used to be the cio's job is now kind of getting redundant because these problems are business problems touching not just the business user but also the customer right the, the, so it's moving beyond just the it department and into uh, each and every stakeholder of a particular business and a system so i think that that's where the question is look at your landscape uh, see if you can really migrate to something more efficient more user friendly and if the answer is you know i i need to build a five year roadmap to make this migration then i think you're in deep trouble nice tips there nalini thanks i certainly have a takeaway from the three dimensional tech tech strategy that you just referred to that is a lot of stuff to look at maybe we should have a few more conversations around this sometime in, you know in the future there's a whole lot going on here and someone as experienced as you can certainly share a lot more with a lot of developers looking at your career path you have moved into roles where it's required a lot of managing upward outward breadth and depth part of this i feel is also client management or customer management what have been some of your strategies or your learnings when you have approached customers yeah i think it's been simple for me uh, chitra i i would just uh, i would just call out two factors that go that that contribute in 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 my mind towards uh, good relationship with customers 
one is to remember that you have to really really take your genuine authentic self to them because that is what relationships are all about i mean uh, business transactions projects come and go and there are so many other external factors that govern those decisions both for you and the organization you represent as well as the customer and the organization that they are in but i think when you say customer relationship and management the beauty of it is that it goes beyond those organizational constraints those you know formal designations and titles so if you approach somebody as uh, with with a with a bit of a curiosity to understand what they are doing and how you can add value i think uh, a lot of the unnecessary noise and clutter is out of the way and you can get uh, directly into some meaningful conversations and try to figure things out so it gets very creative very fast where both of you are uh, you know brainstorming and trying to do something new and trying to solve the uh, the problem in hand rather than being very formal and being very judgmental secondly i think whether it's a customer or you know or your boss or your super boss or anyone in the company everybody is trying to be successful everybody is trying to do their best to take only calculated risks because that's the whole intent with which they come in so if you can again keep your interactions very candid transparent be very professional about what is what is the value that you bring the, the equity that you bring in the whole team dynamics and also call out what you're not there to do right because um, there are insecurities there are past failures and successes that we all kind of carry as a burden so sometimes it's as important to call out what you're not there to do as it is to call out what you're trying to help them with for me this has worked well because like i mentioned in the past the whole office dynamic office politics hierarchy and i've worked with different kinds of people a few of them who had uh, very different personalities and i think one of the best advice that i got from one of my previous bosses uh, was to not take things very personally although it's easy for us to do that so he, he used to keep on telling me that look these are the people you need to work with you need not necessarily like them or build like uh, you know lifelong friendships so i think bringing that genuinity to the table in terms of as a team what are we here to achieve and keeping everything else out uh, definitely helps in building those relationships uh, of course it sounds very simple but uh, we do have our own battles with uh, everyone because i think it's really difficult to kind of keep the heart and the head very well balanced in in uh, situations but uh, but i think it's a journey you learn with each experience thanks for those tips nalini the uh customer relationship is a bit of a tricky thing but i suppose once you get the hang of it and i like the fact that you said bring your authentic self to any relationship or engagement and i believe that's something that has worked for a lot of us but it's easier said than done so you mentioned early on in the conversation that you are an extrovert at work and you have your own little world once you come back home how does that play out for you at work and home and when did you realize that you had these two personas it happened very gradually it's not like i kind of figured it out or had an aha moment but uh, through your career journey i think you 
you tend to see people, you tend to have role models, you tend to reflect on, you know, what you want to do and what is your next career move going to be and where you see yourself so many years down the line. And that's when you start to observe patterns, personalities and start admiring people for probably things that you want to be doing, but you can't figure out why or how you're not doing them. And you also uh, try to play on your strengths. So you kind of feel that you're good at a few things and you bring that out more often. So I think for me, it was more of some, uh, I don't remember who, but I've received this feedback from others uh, quite a bit, right? So when I'm reflecting, when I'm with myself, there's a complete different kind of a uh, experience that people get. When I'm at work, in large gatherings or when I uh, talk in town halls or large gatherings, I think there's a different side of me that comes out. So I've received this feedback both from people I know professionally and people at home. And that's when it started uh, occurring to me that I probably have different comfort zones when I'm at work and when I'm at home. And uh, I think it's a good thing because I kind of get to experience the best of both worlds. That's how I look at it. At work, I'm very curious. I like to meet new people, talk to them, find out what what's you know what they are into, and try to learn something every day. Um, at home or personally, if you ask me to talk to somebody or something, I, I mean, I, I dread that, right? I I like to be a part of the crowd, but I'll be the silent one, just observing and nodding, and not really mingling. Feedback definitely helps. I think it's very important. And uh, like I said, uh, the heart in the head balance is something that I'm still learning because I think that's, that's what differentiates us, um, how much we open up, how much of a confidence we choose to display um, when we are with others. Certainly. And I think it's what gives each one of us our super colorful personas. And in some sense, I felt that's what brought so many of us together at the Women in Technology platform and the GHCI conference. Maybe some of the reasons why all of us have actually worked well together. Where did you know that journey begin? Your engagement with uh, GHCI, what has kept you with it? And what is a message for young women in tech that you'd like to share? Yeah, this is this is a very uh, experience that's um, very close to my heart, Chitra. So although it's been a decade now, I guess uh, the first time I got to know about GSCI was uh, because one of my colleagues was uh, was on the planning committee, and I think she was chairing one of the tracks. And uh, she happened to be a very um, outspoken and well-known uh, person at office. So. Um, Again, I think there is a certain pull when you see people who are dynamic, who are leading and, you know, somewhere you want to be like them. So I got uh, introduced to the platform and the first time I got, well, I was I was an attendee. So I think I got one of the free passes from my then organization to attend the, uh, the, the three-day conference. And uh, it was quite a mind-blowing experience, you know, to, to come be a part of such a big conference with so many uh, flavors of technology, leadership, management, uh, emerging tech, posters, students and everything. And uh, I was, I think, I think all of us are kind of looking for the next uh, role model, if you will. So 
I was quite thrilled to see that uh, quite a few leaders, women leaders were there. And I think it was, it was uh, the feeling that I'm not in there alone because until then, uh, strangely, I was still not very comfortable being a woman in tech and I was somewhere trying to fit in. So everything from my thinking to my dressing to the way I conducted myself was, I think, I don't know if it's right to put it that way, but I was kind of trying to be a man. And I think that 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 conference had a huge impact on me because I saw people embracing their true selves. I just saw that this could be so much different and we don't have to fit into stereotypes. So it left a huge impact on me. And the second year onwards, I started volunteering to be on the planning committee. And then the rest is history because I've been on the planning committee. I've chaired tracks. I've been on the advisory. I've been a speaker on a couple of um, years during the conference. And why it's still close to my heart, I think, is um, as women, I think we still um, have our own internal battles of fitting into stereotypes or going after this perfection that we think that the entire world expects from us, right? So it's very um, recently that Chitra, even I have had experiences where I'm comfortable with my vulnerability. I'm comfortable uh, bringing that out in front of people and I'm comfortable um, not judging myself or not being judged by others. I think uh, these are small things, but they make a huge difference in lives of people. We still need more role models. I wouldn't say uh, women or men or whatever, but, but we still need role models who show us that it's possible, who show us that you can perfectly carve your own beautiful definition of success and happiness and whatever it is that you want to represent it just contributes to all the positive energy in the world. So again, from a more COVID uh, perspective, I think I'm, I'm doing a lot of internalization of my life, others' lives, of what's happening around in the world. End of the day, I think it all boils down to how much of a positive energy do you create around yourself? That's what spreads out in the world. And it all boils down to very small things. You give what you are full of and you have to have that courage to go out there and grab things that make you happy because that's what you reflect onto others. And as women and as caretakers and caregivers and the strengths that we have, we cannot afford to be negative. We cannot afford to not uh, optimally use our strengths. So I think GHC for me represents all of this. I think that's my only way I think I uh, like giving back to the society is to kind of... Uh, try and inspire someone else out there to, to, to bring their best uh, out. Thanks, Nalini. So beautifully put. I'm sure a lot of women out there will be inspired by this platform as you and I have been and will continue to be. So what is it that you would tell people who are considering careers in technology, IT or in software based on your experiences or even otherwise? I think the earlier version of me, Chitra, would uh, would give a lot of gyan around, you know, what to do, what not to do, and do your research and find out and figure out and whatever. But I think, <laughs> I don't know. Now, I think, I think we analyze and we overthink too much. 
my advice would be if some if you're attracted to something if something is catching your attention just go try it out i mean don't hold yourself back don't overanalyze don't think just jump into it uh, all of us need to kind of jump off the cliff and you know uh, develop grow wings on the way uh, and and it's fun to do that so take the whole seriousness and the stress off of it if you're inclined to something just try it out a good strategy i would say would be to just just think through what's the best that can happen and what's the worst that can happen the best that can happen should excite you and if the worst that can happen is not you know you or somebody dying then i think it's just worth the failure also i would say just go for it that's a nice way of looking at it nalini good one thank you so much so i really loved the way this conversation has gone and thank you so much for your time thank you so much for having me again chitra it's a pleasure it's been a pleasure we thank siddharth for the music and malavika for promoting the software people stories if you like this episode please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network if you'd like to share your story contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com